This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Remain calm, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have arrived and are taking control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. For Sunday, the 3rd of May, 2015, this is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. Happy day after free comic book day and uh, Avengers 2 weekend to you all. Yeah. Yep. What a fun, awesome time to be a nerd. And also, yep. what an easy week to get content for a nerd podcast. Yeah, no so doubt. <laughs> it's like, did we even need to work? Um, nope. It's, it's a happy, happy time. Uh, did you guys get out to see Age of Ultron yet? Yes. Yep. So... Spoiler-free yeah. impressions. <laughs> what, how did, yeah, it's Gilligan period. We must respect the Gilligan. Yes. Or he will find you, and he will kill you. But <laughs> on, an was, yeah. <laughs> on an island. Yeah. Exactly. On the island. Yeah. Or trap you there with him. Right. Um, um, it was very funny. You like, well, it's, that's kind of become expected when Joss Whedon is penning anything. Um, I loved... Some of the lines they gave James Spader to deliver as Ultron. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was a little torn on that one. I think, because I think his lines were great, mm-hmm. and he definitely owned the role the way he was asked to play it. Right. I just don't know if I was in the mood for a one-liner Ultron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that threw me a little bit because I was uh, from all the previews. It was like deranged, mm-hmm. super serious Ultron, and then you get in the movie, and it kind of starts that way, and then it goes. Oh, he kind of becomes more like a, a normal uh, Whedon character mm-hmm. at that point. So I, I suspect we that was a little jarring, but I mean, it wasn't like you know, oh, I hate the movie or anything. Right. I think it was a, a fun movie. I think it uh, delivered on like a ridiculous amount of action. Yeah, um, almost For to sure. the point where it was like hard to follow sometimes. Like I need to watch it again on. because there's yes. a lot happening in it. Pretty much most of the movie. I agree with that. It was um, it was very difficult to kind of catch everything, so you're definitely going to have to watch it more than once because there is a lot going on in that. Yeah, yeah, lots. There's, and there's I also a- feel like they used um, Hawkeye a lot better in this movie than they did in previous. Well, because yeah, this. Oh, go ahead. I mean, in the previous movie, they they couldn't utilize him because he was mind controlled most of the movie. Yeah, so but even right. as a mind controlled person, you still have stuff to do and you still have a personality it's just you do what the guy tells you i get that just i just don't feel like point. he was no i think they made he, up for, they made up for lost time with him in this movie yes. definitely yeah. he was superfluous in the first him movie. and uh, this one it it made you understand why he's part of the team right 
Right. I think they did a good job with him. They definitely explore a lot more of uh, Black Widow's backstory. Which is awesome. um, Which I thought was really good, too. Considering, I mean, it was a good use of it because considering those are the characters that haven't had their own movie. Precisely. So you basically, I mean, you don't really need to explore much with Thor. We've seen two standalone movies with him and the Avengers. It's, you know, you're, you're okay with him. Same with, like, Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah, because they've uh, had plenty of time to be fleshed out deeply. Exactly. Right, right. And I, so I think you had that. I think you had a little more exploration into uh, uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. So it was good. I mean, I think they did some nice stuff. It definitely felt like they were under like you know we have a lot of stuff we have to get started started here to make way for the next movies and this isn't a spoiler since these movies are already all been announced but i mean you had some some basic setup for black panther you had uh obviously uh, a big setup for their eventual uh infinity war um Civil, so, Civil War. There was there was, found, Civil War, there was foundation yeah, you definitely there. had the conflict between Cap and Tony starting yeah. as well. No, this, this felt very much like the middle of the story. Yeah, for sure. And it was good because also, I mean, the 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 strong point for the Avengers was the fact that they didn't have to waste time on origins or anything like that. And so in this one, it was like we're just assuming you know what's up because yeah. we're just going. <laughs> oh, I, and I love that. Yeah. So many times they waste time recapping, and right. they're really embracing the serialized movie franchise with this. We're saying like, no, movie title goes and go. It's on. Yeah. And we're like right into G.I. Joe versus Cobra. I mean, uh, Avengers versus uh, Hydra at the very beginning. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Go no Joe. kidding. Go, Yo, Joe, Joe. Joe. Well, and I don't, uh, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up on your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. So mm-hmm. this was a fun one where they, they did the same trick in reverse this time, where the end of last week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode was the beginning of this movie. Right. Correct. Right. They basically said, okay, we have found the scepter. We're chasing Dr. List there. We go here. The Avengers have been sent in to get the scepter, and Dr. List is standing next to Baron Von Strucker. It's like, yeah. Yep. Booyah. Continuity people loving it. Yeah. So good stuff there. Um, I really like Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with her. Character. She could have been a really weak character, and instead yeah. she was freaking awesome. She was strong. She was the stronger of the two, I think, in the way they played in the movie. Well, I mean, so. but Quicksilver, he's he's a speedster. Right. But, and I mean, I, we were discussing this after the movie. Yeah. I think he was good in the movie. I think they showed him to be effective. But the way they did Quicksilver in Days of Future Past was a lot more kind of jaw-dropping, like, oh, my God, this yeah. guy is powerful. Yeah, they had a lot um, of fun with that. Whereas I felt he, the Quicksilver in this movie was uh, more of an analogy to, like, the Flash, yeah. the way he's on, on TV. Like, that's the, the level of power uh, he's displayed in this right. movie. He hasn't, he hasn't figured out the more creative ways to use right. speed that the version of him in, on the Fox movie did. Um, yes. So... so so it was good, but I mean, yeah. I think I think they were both good additions to to the cast um, and and to the team. Yeah, in a couple in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about it in more spoilery depth. Yeah. But I yeah. will say, my well, my favorite line for the movie was just the "Oh, for God's sake!" 
Yes. Which was I agree. fairly awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I like. I really like the the whole language bit with Captain America. That recurring no, joke was was hilariously yeah. done. Oh, yes. You kiss your mama with that mouth. It's not right. going away anytime soon, is it? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Well, I was I... kind of surprised. Like they basically opened up and they burned their one PG thirteen f bomb right at the get go, which set right. off that right. joke. Um, yep. Yeah, it's um, that was good. Say, so yeah, definitely big screen movie worth uh, worth seeing on on, on the uh, silver screen mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just a, a fun ride. Like I would Absolutely. say, you know, I still think story wise, Winter Soldier is still my favorite story yeah. they've told so far. But the uh, you know for eye candy, I don't know if there's anything better than this. No, this uh, is gorgeously visual, tons of. Uh, rewards in there for you know easter eggs for comic book readers oh, yeah. and people are just paying attention uh all mm-hmm. kind of you know, nerd fan service left right and center bits of story threads continuing from other movies you know they have a bit where uh falcon has a, a, a bit part in one of the scenes where they he mentions working on the missing persons case for cap right. like, oh he's off cool. looking for bucky hey what and that's still going on so he'll be back um yeah. Yeah, I hope was, so. Yeah, he was, he was great. Just badass. Um, yeah, but so they, yeah, good job with it, and uh, you know, I think uh, it was a good kickoff to. I, I guess this would be kicking off the summer season now. So, yeah, officially big, uh, big blockbusters, and bring them on. Um, before we move on to TV, we need to recognize the recently passed, I believe, yesterday uh, birthday of one Barry Vaughn Awesome. Our producer, oh, that's uh, right. happy birthday! Have to, have to recite the uh, um, traditional song. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older. And now you're even older. And now you're even older. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older. And now you're older still. Happy birthday, Barry! <laughs> and TV. Yeah. We are coming to uh, season's end, so everybody's kind of ramping up for their finales. Oh yeah. Um, the Flash. This show can't decide what it wants to be. Does, I, it, does it want to? Does it want to be dopey and cute, or does it want to be serious and large storytelling? Because they've they gyrated back to the big Wham episode with lots of major developments and lots of seriousness with this one. The Who is Harrison Wells? Yeah, um, yeah, but it had some silly parts in. Well, okay, yeah. yeah. So this one. This is another one that just, it's like, guys, you need somebody on your staff who's continuity. Yeah. That, especially for his power level. Yes. Like, that is so needed because there's a scene in here where the monster of the week is basically a changeling. Yep. I forget what stupid name they gave him. Every man. Every man. Every man. Every man. So, but it's a person who can touch somebody and they instantly look like them. Mm-hmm. So that's the big monster. And through, of course, hook and crook, he ends up in Barry's house as a detective blonde guy. <laughs> and Eddie. he gets Eddie and he gets Eddie ancestor in the back of the head yep. with, a, I think, the butt of a pistol. Barry, who has healed from un-God knows what mm-hmm. told injuries, goes down. He's basically knocked out for like five hours yes, I know. because he he doesn't wake up until somebody uh, shakes him. Caitlin gets there and basically shakes him awake. <laughs> it was dumb, ridiculous. No, th- th- to th- me. This this 
the the characters in this episode were so stupid. You have uh-huh. you have a changeling running around, and of course you just trust everyone is who they appear to be and do what they say, even when they're acting out of character. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, come on. Yeah. Well, that and then like so the other big piece is now. Everybody's on board except for Caitlin with the fact that Dr. Evil Pants is, in fact, wearing Reverse the evil flesh. pants. Yes. Wearing, wearing and, the evil yellow pants. Right. And so they go to Caitlin to try to convince her. And their method of convincing her doesn't involve pesky things like evidence, evidence. or <laughs> reasons. Yeah. It's basically, we, know, we think he's evil. Like, yeah, trust us. He's evil. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Well, no, Caitlin, it's Cisco. He's evil. Like, that's their entire game plan with her. And then her plan is, I'm just going to go talk to him then, because everybody I know has just told me he's evil, even though they really haven't given me a compelling reason why he's evil. Right. I'm going to go talk to him, and then, of course, you know, Barry intercepts. Barry, yes. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Dumb. Now, if he's evil, why would you just go talk to him? I don't get that. The the B story in this one involves uh, another crossover to the Arrow universe. With uh, Joe and Cisco doing a road trip to talk to uh, Captain Lance and yes. review the old accident report from when uh, Doctor Evil Pants's wife was killed, and they go out there and through a hand waving and a special metal detector looking thing uh, discover the corpse of the real Doctor Harrison Wells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their first real piece of hard evidence that Wells is not who he claims to be. Right. Um, it also gives them a, a cute little moment where they allow Cisco to create the uh, Canary's Cry for Black Canary. Which, by the way, I could have done without. They had to get it in there somehow, and at least they used a person with tech- technological know-how to have it happen. But yeah, it was the whole the whole. Uh, fanboying out about yeah the, the Cisco uh, just, no, no no just no 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 dude he knows the arrow and he knows the flash and he's going crazy about Black Canary seriously Boobies. apparently he's never actually seen footage of her fight yet Boobies. yeah absolutely not <laughs> boobies yeah I guess boobies. I don't know it's just uh yeah. I mean that's the other problem is that Laurel just drives me up a wall and begin with. So, yeah, so this is but weird. I did I mean in in praise, I think the interaction between Joe and Captain Lance was good. It was very mm-hmm. well done. I mean, but those are very quality actors yep. and, and they know what they're doing. Um so you had that and then you did it you do end the episode on the the big reveal of them actually finding Dr. Evil Pants secret room. Mm-hmm. And going in, seeing the suit is there, and then he, for whatever reason, left his monitor on. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and it has the big uh, newspaper from, yep. what is it, 2024, I believe, mm-hmm. showing the Flash has disappeared. Red so basically, the headline gone. Flash disappears yep. over and over. Yep. Yeah. So, set up for big finale in a couple of weeks. I think we have two more episodes after this one for this season. Right. Um, so similarly ramping up towards dun dun dun, uh, we have going back to Star City, uh, Arrow with the Fallen. Um, this is the fallout from the let's uh, stick a stick a, a sword through our least favorite character, which I was almost cheering for. Um, 
Like, yeah, get her. Oh, wait a second. That's not how I'm supposed She's to be. She's not my least That's favorite. how I'm not supposed Laurel, to Laurel, Laurel's true, got her beat. True, Laurel does have her beat at this stage. Once she became the Black Canary, I'm like, ah, Sarah was awesome. Mm-hmm. Laurel's yeah, not so yeah, much. She, she played the role really well. And I mean, she was functional in it. I mm-hmm. think it's it's a mix between Laurel's complete inability to self-assess herself mm-hmm. <laughs> and her capabilities along with just how bad she is. So, Yep. Um, yeah. So this is the, oh, what a surprise. Uh, they have an offer to bring her to uh, Nanda Parbat to take a dip in the hot tub of love. Also known as right. <laughs> the um, Lazarus Pit. And yeah, because that says love right there, Lazarus Pit. Well, so she, the whole, the whole, the whole thing is she's clinging to life. Right. Uh, so Thea is, you know, has been run through with a broadsword, but is is clinging to life. And of course, Roz can now say, "Well, come here, and in exchange for you joining my team, I will bring her back." Never mind that I'm the one that put the sword through her, and you all know that fact. Um, but I, of the graciousness of my heart, I will f- manipulate in, you into doing exactly what I want. Moo-hoo-hoo-hoo-ha-ha-ha. He should be waxing and twirling his mustache by this stage of the game, I think. Pretty much, yeah. He should be, but I think that's one of the, the reasons why we all like the way the guy's playing, mm-hmm. Roz, is that... He's, cold. It's He's like, a cold mother effort. It's, yeah, yeah, like I said, he has like a tired inevitability with mm-hmm. him. He Thanks. just, it's like, you're, you're going to do it. You want to play these games, you want to run around, you want to resist, it really doesn't matter. Right. I'm going to get my way because, guess I what, I'm do. like 400 years old and I know what's up. I, I've seen this play out before. I'm just patiently waiting for the inevitable. Right. And right. guess what? He totally wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, gets exactly what he wants. Um, and so do the fans. Oh, yeah. This was definitely the... <laughs> yeah. What will this? It's Sam and Diane finally hook yep. up. <laughs> <laughs> they have their excuse for Felicity uh, and Ollie to hop in the sack. Right. Um, yay! Shippers all going crazy. Woohoo! Um, I like the fact that they uh, concluded their... Um, encounter with her drugging the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah. And trying to <laughs> attempting to sneak, sneak away out. with him. Um yeah, it uh again demonstrated the almost infallibility of the league. Uh they they tried to escape even with the assistance of uh what's his name? Um Malcolm? Uh no Mal- Oh no uh the yeah the guy the uh Asian guy. Yeah um uh. Ma, matsu, oh, ma, ma, uh, I don't know. Yeah, ma, ma, ma something. Yeah, you're right. God, ugh, that's going to drive me <laughs> Maseo, Maseo. Maseo, yeah. Uh, Maseo gives him a hand, and I like how Roz relates to that. It says, you did not betray me. Maseo, Maseo Yamashiro betrayed me, and right. now you need to put him away again. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of reinforcing their concept that they leave their lives behind them totally. Right. Um, so the rest of the team, along with the resurrected and not all there, Thea, um, she's having the often negative reaction to the Lazarus Pit of not coming back. Maybe not quite as insane as Jason Todd did, but no. she's definitely not doing well, and she's living in the past to a certain extent. But at the end of the episode, she hasn't caught up with current events. Um, right. she, she, she still knows that that Malcolm is her dad, and but doesn't hate him, so she's forgotten bits and chunks. 
But they all go home and they have their big ceremony with Ollie saying, Oliver Queen is dead. Um, and what's what do they call him? Al Sahim or Al Sahim? Yeah. Yes. Al, you are only it's only the arrow remains. Al Sahim, and he, they have him all cowled up like one of the members of the league and fade to black. Right. Right. So, so. he's at this point owned lock, stock, and barrel uh, by the league. He's he's in line. So we'll see what uh, Raz has in store for him. It's not like it, it doesn't appear to be immediate ascendancy to the throne. No. Um, just now, you are now the heir. I'm assuming some kind of indoctrination or training will now be involved. Right, right. We, so we shall see. I must break you. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, now he's on his uh, path. Everybody else is back in uh, Starling City. And uh, that's that's what we're leading to now is of, of obviously the the fight for... Ollie's soul, or whatever Pretty you want to call it. So, uh, referring over to the Black Void for a moment, from when we were talking about the variability of Barry's powers on the Flash. Yes. Uh, yes. Missing has Vegeta. What does the Scouter say about Flash's power level? It's over nine thousand. Oh, and now it's under a hundred. Now it's back over nine thousand. Wait, no. Now it's thirty fifteen hundred. Will this guy make up his mind? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's... missing. That's exactly the problem. Is they cannot decide if Barry is yeah. over nine thousand or not. Right, exactly. right. Exactly. Unless they're trying to go with it's it's deeply tied to his emotional state or something. If that's the case, they're not making that very clear at all. So he was very, very, very relaxed in this last episode. Yeah, yeah. He was Dude, have you been have you been hitting the, the turbo weed or something? Yeah, <laughs> I thought you couldn't get uh, you know intoxicated. That's right. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I give them, they did put the, the MacGuffin in this episode of they weren't really sure what would happen when this guy touched Barry because yeah. they were worried he might absorb his powers. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Okay, that was a nice way of keeping him from just beating him down in a heartbeat. Right. Uh, but as soon as he found out that, like, okay, that's not going to happen, then it should have been like, okay, got this, him. This episode ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Yeah, there was the kind of creepy bit at the end there where you know, they've got him in the jail and they tell him to show him their, his original form and he just goes to a very generic because he, yeah. he can no longer remember his original life. Like, he looked like Morph from the X-Men. Very much yeah. so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they and that, well, that, I guess the other... I think it happened in this episode. The other big thing, though, was is that the Central City, like police department, at least, becomes aware that oh, there's some strange Something things weird. out mm-hmm. here. Like they actually learn about the fact that there's these metahumans uh, in existence because they do capture and they do ca- catch on film this guy changing his form. Yeah, and they uh, there's a whole yeah. subplot where the every man imitates Eddie and shoots a couple right. of uniform cops, and Eddie is getting ready to go to prison because they have him on film attempting to yeah. kill two cops. And, yeah, so I, I like... I hope they stick with this. The whole... Um, so many of these shows in the past, they've had that ongoing where the local law enforcement refuses to believe or see what is happening and they're always set it up as, a, as an ongoing conflict between the hero and the local law enforcement. Yeah. I prefer yeah. this approach where you can't not see this crap happening right so write it into the show and and say and it could be a very interesting story okay how do the cops adapt to this new reality that could be a great whole set of stories over episodes 
Absolutely. with them struggling to adapt to metahumans, succeeding in some cases, failing horribly in others, but trying instead of denying. Because the, the yeah. denial storylines are just, oh, this one again, boring. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, and exactly. totally unbelievable. Granted, you know, we're talking about a superhero universe here with the speedster, but hey. Um, well, yeah, I mean, well, just because you have something fantastical in your show doesn't mean you get to throw out every single sense and rule that yeah, is ever. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're supposed to be showing a show where if this person existed, what would he be like integrated into the world as we know it? Exactly. No, that's been a lot of the fun of the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far, and, and Man of Steel, too. They, they lean very hard on the how would people really react if this fantastic right. thing happened. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and obviously you're starting to see that. I don't know if when you saw Age of Ultron, you caught the the big screen. It's been already leaked, but the trailer for Batman vs. Superman. Right. Um, definitely that's one of the, with all the kind of over, uh, the the oversample on top of the, the preview is, is folks talking back and forth about whether or not Superman should really be welcome here. You know, is he going to be a corrupted thing? Is he, you know, and then you see the statue with what false God. What happens if he yep. is corrupted? Right, Are right. we giving him too much power? <laughs> like we have a choice. <laughs> well, yeah. no, but giving him too much power in adoration yes. and in... You know, he can do whatever he wants because he's our savior. Right. But he yeah. can do, I mean, he can do whatever he wants because we are utterly incapable of stopping him. Right. Also, right. on top of that, just, just, just add the whole, yeah, that's, and so that's, that's becoming a, a new normal in, in, you know, superhuman storytelling, which I rather like right. because it lets you tell some really fun stories from the point of view of the regular old humans. Right. Correct. Um, so more of that, please. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Led, uh, left off with the, the frenemy of my enemy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, which is the return uh, of Grant Ward. Yeah. yeah. Grant Ward 2.0. I like Grant. He has morphed into an interesting character. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk it from season one? Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, and we've got more Deathlock. In this episode, um, more inhuman action, um, just moving the story along nicely now. I'm liking the pacing for the second half of this season much better than earlier. Yeah, and they get, once again, they're they're kind of hitting their stride. They uh, accelerate through, which was again something I found really annoying. The whole sky, and I don't like my power, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and I can't control it because when I get stressed out, I make windows explode. Mm-hmm. To okay, I'm starting to get a handle now on what I can do, and I'm and she goes through some training with her mom and gets uh, gets to a better place with it. Yeah. Um, also, her spy training. Well, you don't see that till the, the next episode. This, oh, yeah. this is the episode where oh, yeah. she goes on daddy daughter oh, date daddy, day. Daughter, yep. Date, date. Uh, which is always, you know, like. Kyle McLaughlin chewing up the scenery, yeah. loving it. You get Kyle on screen <laughs> just acting completely bonkers while he's walking around Milwaukee. <laughs> he's, he's not even he's, acting uh, bonkers. He's just always he's, completely tweaking. Yeah, he's like manic the entire time. It, but he's believably manic. You can see right. the through line of his thoughts. They're just moving fast and jumping tracks every once in a while. But there's always a reason why he's moved to a new topic. Um, right. And so it's, it's written well and played believably and just tons of fun to watch. Yeah. 
Um, it well, makes again. Well, make, so you also had, I mean, the the normal Whedon. I think we mentioned last week of bringing Grant Ward back on the team. Yep. Uh, even though the team, you know, tried to kill him, he tried to kill couple members of the team yep. uh so you have that and you get back into that interaction but he also brings uh agent 37 39 33 33 sure some something in the 30s the brainwashed agent <laughs> yeah the brainwashed uh shield agent who was a hydra agent now is uh basically uh idolizes grant yeah uh brings her along as well and uh keeps talking about trying to, you know, this is to help her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she comes along, you get, my death lock is still there, uh, and eventually they end up in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, the good land. Yeah, with uh, Sky and her dad and a bunch of Hydra agents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, they've been finding a way to track Gordon's teleporting. Yes. They they want to get their hands on some some nice fresh uh, enhanced human meat for their experiments because oh, yeah. they've shown previously um, I forget which which guy they got their hands on and cut up and killed but they're basically they're showing Hydra getting their hands on Inhumans and experimenting on them horribly and killing most of them um, so they they want to get their hooks into Gordon and so we have the throwdown. Between the Inhuman faction um, mm-hmm. and our Coulson's shield, uh, teamed up with uh, not teamed up. Um, Coulson's shield, the real shield, and right. Hydra. Um, right. And in mixed in with this, we have some interesting bits with Reyna, who's been kind of sidelined just as the mopey please kill me please kill me right yes where it is revealed that her physical change masked an internal change where she has a power she's not just all spiky she's a precog Uh right so she's starting to get flashes of the future which are turning out to be true so they have a couple little small events where she has a a premonition of Gordon with a big cut on his forehead and shortly thereafter he pops back in having barely escaped from Hydra who were waiting for him with big old cut on his forehead and she's like holy crap I just saw the future Um, and it's through her encouragement that Sky goes out um, into this conflict um, she starts getting steered by Rana so I'm I'm wondering where they're going to wind up going yeah. With that. Well, that, that actually takes place in the following episode, but right, she, she gets her she, first flashes of it in this one, and then she gets her first flashes, and and actually she gets uh, she they realize what she is, and so they start watching her a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't believe in Frenemy that she actually is aware yet what she can do. Ah, so they suspect the she doesn't episode. know yet. Yeah. So basically, but they they meet up in this in the. Kyle McLaughlin's old offices. Uh, everybody kind of converges. The electric guy and Deathlock go at it. Yep. Uh, up until the point that Hydra shows up. And, and takes both of them. They get, take, yeah, they both get taken out and taken away. Uh, you have uh, Sky is there. However, Gordon comes and teleports her out before she can, right as she sees uh, Coulson. Coulson and Ward yep. together. Yeah. And then she gets teleported away. Yep. 
Because um, Colson was have, coming for Sky. Right. And you also have Ward save Colson a couple times during mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole exchange. So possibly building a little bit of that fractured trust back up. A little bit. But basically and oh, the, our, our, our goals align for this moment right, in time. For this moment. So uh, ends with basically Colson determining that the you know quote unquote real shield is about to come yep. and he decides to give himself up. Yep. He actually he comes back and waits for them and says ends right. the episode with take me to your leader. Right. Yep. So you have him going now to to talk to uh uh the real quote unquote shield and with uh, uh, director Adama. Yes. Right. Director Adama. And Colson, uh, Ward is back with the not so real shield, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a it's a good strange setup to kind of integrate all these various factions kind of back together at yep. least, and and see what happens. Exactly. Yep. And they they're, and they drop little bits and, and hints um, and ties because when they're when they're talking about the Hydra and when Doctor List and his minions are talking about the experiments, they refer to the success that Strucker has had with the twins. And I was like, yes. oh, right. Hey, I remember the twins from the after the the credit sequence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Movie tie-in. So, Movie yeah. tie-in. Da-da. Dun dun dun. So yeah, yeah lots of action uh, and movement on the small screen. Some of it linking directly to the big screen. Um, right. Tons and tons of fun. Yeah. Um, moving over to the drama llama uh, yeah. column. We had talked about um, Valve rolling out and then unrolling out the <laughs> uh, paid mod system for Skyrim as their their first attempt to let people monetize game mods. Right. And the internet rose up as one and rejected the implant. Well, and I mean, let me... Let's let's clarify that. It's <laughs> not to allow the mod makers to monetize mods. It was to monetize mods for everyone involved, even remotely, in the modding process, right. be it Valve for hosting, the publisher for providing the platform, or the modder themselves, right. which is where a lot of the controversy came from. A lot of people really uh, railed though, against the percentages, yeah. Well, even though Valve always has, has portrayed it as this is for us to allow the mod creators to get something for their mods, uh, the problem was is the, the reality of the monetary split didn't quite match up to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that was one of the, the areas that they, they got a lot of feedback on. Right. Uh, the other thing that was interesting in their statement that they put up on the uh, Steam uh, uh, forums was the the fact that they also realized that maybe going for the most one of the most established modding communities to roll out something like this was not the best idea tactical like, error yeah like maybe when we were and and to do uh put something new in that was going to have to go through iterations that maybe going with something that was brand new was the better way to go instead of going into something that had so many entrenched users of mods as well as content creators uh, it just it made what probably would have already been a hot button issue like it ramped it up by a thousand yeah. because of the game they chose to do it on. Well, and also one other thing that was a point of some contention is the interdependencies of a lot of these modifications. So right. 
sometimes a mod is built on top of a mod is built on top of a mod. Right. So you have, yes, okay, I, I sell you my mod, but it won't work if you don't have these other two mods also installed. Well, how do we give those people a cut of it? And they have no provision for that in their system. They right. had a very simplistic view of one mod, one creator, and go. And it's, but that's not doesn't truly reflect how a lot of these mods come about. Um, right. So they, they had to pull back and say, hmm, we probably need to make accommodations for splitting it multiple ways when it's not just a single creator involved. Um, yeah, I think, I think in general they also need to do a better job of really communicating why they wanted to do this. Yes. Because, What's their again, motivation? getting back to, you can't say it's all about the modders and then only give them a quarter of the revenue. Right. It doesn't. Those two statements don't come together. You either need to change how you're presenting it, or change the the money split to match with how you're presenting it. Yep. Uh, so, it's. It, I mean, I think it's a good move. You know, they many companies. I think over the last few years have shown a willingness to back off when they have done something that obviously their customer base does not like. Um, sometimes it, it, it takes a little bit more encouragement, I'm looking at you, EA, than others, but uh, you know, Blizzard also was as guilty with some of the stuff they did with Diablo 3. It took them a long time to, to back off. Valve, pretty, I mean, this was basically... This was fairly immediate. <laughs> Yeah, for, for them going, yeah, no, not only that, Bye. but anybody that has spent money up, you know, during this week on mods, uh, they're giving everybody a full refund on it as well. Yep. Um, so Pro props to them for reacting quickly and decisively and, yeah. and listening and caring and not just going for the money. Um, yeah. So... I, saw I think lot, that's good. I saw a lot of reaction threads um, on Reddit along the lines of, okay, this is great, but can we please not go back to worshipping everything that Gaben says? Please. Because uh, there's a certain amount of Valve can do no wrong uh, currents in a lot of discussion forums. Um, right. And the, the, to their credit, though, they're one of the best actors in the, in the field. Sure. Yes, they can do wrong, obviously. Um, yeah. But they made they did their best to make it right quickly, so good yeah, on it, you. It, it's okay, it, you know, it's okay. And I think if they do truly want to try to figure out a way to support the folks that create modding, there's other methods available. Um, and I think they can get to something that uh, they could help facilitate uh, a donation system or something for these modders that right now have to rely on PayPal or whatever else. It's very disjointed. Mm -hmm. Um, if they put something in line that basically said, look, we're going to standardize and put together something formal so that folks that do want to donate to you will go through. It's very easy and it'll come right to you. And for putting this system, we are going to take a cut, but, uh, maybe make it more reasonable and, uh, uh go from there because, and again, the publisher, I think, is the biggest one of trying to figure out why they got so much money out of it. Yeah. Considering today, if somebody makes a mod for Skyrim and I go, I really like this mod, and they say, hey, if you want to donate to me, I'd love it. I click on a link, I send the money directly. Mm -hmm. um, why suddenly, if you are making it a more formal way of doing it, would the publisher suddenly start getting money out of it? If they're not creating the uh, system to allow the charges, nor are they creating the mods, it, that what, was what have they done to earn it from this whole thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. 
All right. Right. That's a convenient breaking point for mid-show. I've got uh, a little bit more Mark Gunn queued up for you guys. This is called A Boy and His Frog, uh, because reasons. You are listening to Casually Hardcore, live on Alpha Geek Radio. You can find us all over TuneIn.com. Come to TuneIn.AlphaGeekRadio.com to see the ever-growing list of different ways you can listen live. No matter where you are, our stream will find you and get in your earballs. We shall return right after this. Hi, this is Brian Ibbett, co-host of From the Helicarrier, the Marvel Avengers Alliance podcast, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Life is unfair, so they tell me, because they think that I wouldn't know. They only can see a cheap gimmick on their children's favorite show. They say, oh, that's just foam and a wire attached to a green velvet sleeve. Anyone can do that? Well, that's true, I suppose. But who else can make them believe? What can I say without you there to guide me? How else am I supposed to give? How can I sing without you there beside me? How else am I supposed to live? You could never do the expected. I was just an idea in a bog. But you sewed up your dream and we made quite a team. Jim and Kermit. And his frog It was me, Ralph, and you And I think that he knew There was something that you and I had The magic we made just kept growing And none of it ever was bad Then came Ernie and Scooter and Gonzo Dr. Teeth, Cookie Monster and more Now all those voices are silent And I want to go on, but what for? No one can make me what you did No one could walk in your shoes No one can make me forget you But that's not a thing that I'd ever choose I can't just let it be over And you wouldn't want it that way So I'll stand up and I'll face it And though not quite in your voice I'll say I will go on without you there to guide me There's so much more I can give Whenever I sing you will be Beside me, as long as I keep you, you'll live. We just wanted to make people happy. I was always much more than your toy. I will never regret, and I'll never forget. 
what we had I'll miss you dad this frog and his Hi there, this is Scott Johnson from The Morning Stream, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. And I may have to burp. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. That happened for slamming a drink in between, uh, in between sessions. Yay. Uh-huh. Gastrointestinal joy. Ah, so many things... Brought to us from the research subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com. We thank everyone who contributes contributes links, upvotes, downvotes. Generally brings us fun and interesting things to talk about. Uh, from the column of, really guys, really, uh, wired.com has the story, the age of drone vandalism begins with an epic NYC tag. There's nothing <laughs> epic about that. No, I don't. I don't know how. I mean, I granted it's a very big uh, tag. Yeah, it's physically it's large. Billboard. It's very it's huge, way up high. But literally, I don't know. I mean, it's just the, a line on her. It's face. just a bunch of squiggly lines. I mean, like there's no like, he ta- he, like tagged like a real tag. Right. Yeah. So right. I mean, we're, nothing... what we're talking about here is somebody rigged a drone with a can of spray paint and used it to deface a billboard in New York City. Right. Where it would be normally very hard for someone to get to unnoticed. Whoopie freaking do. How small does your manhood need to be for this to be important to you? I mean, really? Really? Yeah. Just, yeah. this is why we can't have nice things, people. This is The no. FAA is going to look at this and say, there's one more reason for us to shut down drones, not let people use them anywhere, basically. Right. <sighs> Stupidity. Because, I mean, if you're going to do it there, and, okay, so this guy is... A, I guess a well-known tagger, tagger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to get some lesser-known folks that are going to decide to spray, I don't know, the windows of an office building or yeah. God knows what else. I mean, it's or just ram one of these stupid things through a window. Well, yeah, invasion <laughs> of privacy. I mean, wasn't there, uh, I think, Misha Collins about... He already had ago, that, sent yeah. A, a tweet where, yeah, someone was... Driving a little drone into his house, mm-hmm. not into well, into his backyard. Right. right, like I mean, yeah, stuff like that we've already seen. But now, you, now they may fly it over and you know drop a can of paint on your head. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow, yeah, nothing's gonna shut down the uh, the the personal use of drones faster than this than people being stupid with it because because the law is slow to react to new technologies as we have seen again and again and again. What you're doing by being asshats with this technology is guaranteeing that when the law does react, they're going to overreact. And they're going right. to ruin it for everyone. 
Yeah, exactly. They're going to basically, I'm sure Florida's already banned airplane travel. Florida man! (laughs) In response to this. There is a whole subreddit called Florida Man, because it's always, Florida Man does something unspeakable. Film at 11. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, uh, this just, just makes me weep. It's just, why? Drones, I mean, I... In the same week, within a day or so, there was also a, a demo that showed up on Reddit. Someone who has built this incredible, high-powered, high-performance, unbelievably agile drone. And the demo of it is just jaw-dropping. Because it starts out with, you just get this little quadcopter hovering near the ground. Looks, looks like any other drone you've ever seen a video of. And suddenly this thing just rockets unbelievably high in the sky. So he's put incredibly powerful motors on this thing. So you think, oh, great, it just goes really fast. But then they proceed to do an acrobatics demo that is just unbelievably impressive, where this thing is just dropping from extreme high heights, unpowered, to within a foot or two of the ground, and then engages its props and recovers. And it is the, the potential for this technology is incredible and what do we use it for tagging well have you seen the one where the uh, they do use a little drone to to actually look at a volcano no i have not seen that one it's really cool yeah it's it's uh, inside a volcano in iceland i can oh, wow. imagine somebody building a a hardened drone right out of you know rugged materials and using it for exactly that kind of thing um you know, even even things like first responders and, and searching for you know, people in a burning building, all kinds of applications for this kind of thing. I uh, saw some really fun videos of people who are taking the VR approach. So they actually mount a high-res camera on it and race each other. But they're all piloting from first-person point of view on the drone. Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, there, there's some people in Central Park, New York, were doing this. Um, and there's four of them, and they all have their goggles on, and they're all racing in a fixed circuit. But it's all first-person point of view for them, which is... And they had video streams of what the pilot was seeing. It's like, I want to do that. <laughs> that looks like so yeah. much fun. And, of course, during the video, they were lamenting that, yeah, the FAA is about to crack down on this and make this illegal. because oh, sure. Because they don't understand the technology, and they fear it. So... There, you can't race your remote-controlled drones, you know, seven feet above the ground in in a park. Why exactly? Yeah, I mean, they are. It's not like remote-controlled planes or things like that haven't existed for well, e- years and years now. Yeah, right. These um, just bring this just bring. I mean, the fact that they can hover changes right. everything about the capabilities. I mean, you, you can't hover. I mean, you can't hover with a remote-controlled um, helicopter. helicopter but they are nowhere near as agile as these things. Right. right. Um, and the range well, I mean, and duration, they, just drone, drones are really cool. They yeah, they do some really neat cool. things. Um, and, but, I mean, like anything, especially when you're talking about them flying around very populated areas, mm-hmm. they, you, know, you have to have some controls on it. Yeah, and you, and you could absolutely kill someone with one of these. Oh, it is yeah. not it is not beyond belief to think if you hit somebody fast enough, hard enough in the wrong part of their body, 
sure. you could kill someone or at least severely injure them. So there is sure. there are there are legitimate concerns and huge privacy concerns because right now that person hovering the drone outside your bathroom window with a camera on it, mm-hmm. there's no law to go after them under, right? Because they haven't caught up yet. So yes, there absolutely are mis- misuses and abuses. Um, but can we, for once, have a reason to approach this, please? Yeah. Paparazzi. Nice. Well, I mean, you also have, like all, like you said, for privacy, it's like, well, and how does private property, how far up in the air does private property extend? And right now there's no provision for airspace rights. And that's, right. that's the part of the law that, that needs to get modified that says, okay, in a, a, cylind- a cylinder, you know, 10,000 feet above your property is considered also part of your property. And if they violate your airspace, they're trespassing and can be prosecuted. But yeah, Dax, so you, you mentioned the, the P word, and imagine the field day those, those chuckle nuts are going to have with technology like this. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I Ugh. mean, oh my gosh, it's, they're already bad enough as right. it is, you know? I actually feel sorry for some celebrities because they're at least, just. At, at least the paparazzi to to the have to risk. Buy tampons or something, <laughs> you know? At least the paparazzi with current technology have to risk life and limb to to physically trespass on somebody's property close enough to get a telephoto lens to get the stupid juicy right. shots. Now exactly. they don't they, they can do it with impunity from far away. The exactly. Scum of the earth don't need assistance. No. They don't. Not <sighs> really. But but again, then you see the cool stuff like the footage of the volcano and you Yeah. There's footage of a drone like right up in the sky while fireworks are going off, which is amazing. Will we use our um, power? So yeah, oh, that one was so cool, flying through the fireworks. Yeah. That was freaking awesome. Seeing a whole different perspective on them. Well, and imagine yeah. wearing VR goggles while controlling right, that. Right, right. I mean, how, that would be yeah. so cool. I want that. I want that so bad. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, again, it's. It's just, it's about the people. It's really not about the technology because, you know, a gun, a gun is just a gun. It's about the person behind the gun. Yep. Sure. So. Fortunately, our lawmakers have not shown the greatest restraint uh, when reacting to things like this. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Neither. Hope for the best. Hope for the best. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a mix. In a, in a somewhat tangentially connected vein uh, from Game Informer, Microsoft announces Holographic Augmented Reality Project. This is an extension to HoloLens, and HoloLens, the demos they've done so far have been very much about augmented reality, not virtual reality. Right. So putting virtual items into the real environment in a really awesome-looking way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the article begins, Microsoft has taken the other path. Instead of pursuing virtual reality like Oculus and Sony, the company has chosen to invest in augmented reality. And the picture they offer is somebody sitting in their living room with Minecraft populating all the surfaces around them. Yeah. And you're... It's crazy. It's crazy. And this is another one. I want this way more than I want an Oculus Rift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one That's really, really like, went from, you know, Oculus Rift. It's like maybe in a space sim, it'd be kind of cool to have. Space sim or watching a movie. Awesome. You know, well, you, eh, no. Per, watching a movie solo. crap on my... I, I, I couldn't even deal with 3D glasses. No, mm-hmm. I found those annoying. That the, the thought of, of a virtual reality movie with headgear, just like, no. I, I, Not for what's you. What's the... No, I'd rather have the big screen than than to have something just sits on my face. Right. But this, 
this is a whole different thing. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. If suddenly you get, it, and it's it's straight out of any of the sci-fi or shadow run where you're just putting a holograms in front of you on your existing surfaces. Well, really, uh, I mean, Hollywood in, in fiction, they've very much focused on VR. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't think of a mainstream movie or TV show that really has done augmented reality or done, done it any justice. Um, but the, the demos that they keep cranking out here, and this is, this is such a weird place we find ourselves in in 2015, where from several different directions we find ourselves praising Microsoft. Because <laughs> you look at HoloLens, awesome. Mm-hmm. Windows 10 addressing many of the sins of Windows 8 and the fact right. that they're, they are, are shifting away from being an operating systems company and towards being a services company. So they're basically saying, here, all you Windows 7 and 8 people, here's Windows 10 for free. Um, and Windows 10 is what you will need to do HoloLens. Um, they're, in this past week, they had the announcements of the tools to very easily port Android and, and the surprise was, also iOS apps to the Windows Phone platform under Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, take in all comers. Come on, join us. Stay on those other platforms. Great, but also be on our platform free. And here's the free tools to do it and do it easily and quickly. Yeah. Who are you? What have you done with Microsoft? Um, yeah, no, they, they are... They've definitely are shifting gears, and they've seen kind of the the writing on the wall. Unlike like IBM back in the early '80s, yeah, who had the IBM PC and didn't really keep up with the times. And we're IBM. They got they got blown out of the personal computing market, mm-hmm. um, and they had to reinvent themselves as a service company and as uh, you know, a solution company, which they've done. Uh, my, and Microsoft is going. Which they've done, but it took them a while. And they uh, and they serve you know enterprises. The average right. home user doesn't know when they're using IBM infrastructure because it's somebody no. else's front end. Microsoft sure, sure. wants to be the consumer facing piece of no. Come use use Office on your iPad and connect yeah. it to OneDrive and you know connect everything to everything. And we don't care. the The big change is. We don't care what platform you're on. Right. And that's a major change for Microsoft. Is now I'm curious to see if they continue that through line with HoloLens, whether it will, well, it will remain I a mean, Windows the, 10 exclusive or they will say, here's the hardware and make a version for other operating systems. Yeah, the, the best comment I saw in there was, I want this to have Magic the Gathering and Warhammer 40K support. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. can you imagine a virtual tabletop it? game that you can play from a two thousand miles away with your buddies? Right, yeah. right. Or just, I mean, even going to a convention hall and you don't have to lug five hundred different figures with you and terrain. I mean, maybe you have the figures, but at least if you if the people playing all have these glasses, you don't have to have any terrain. Like it just automatically will put it on the yeah. you know create your board or your playing field for you. I hadn't. 
Yeah, I hadn't even considered the the tabletop gaming implications of HoloLens and how awesome that could be. It's crazy. I mean, even if you still had magic cards, have some sort of tag on them so that you do actually get to see it's almost like Yu-Gi-Oh! where you're having like the cards come to life and fight each other. No, it's exactly (laughs) like Yu-Gi-Oh! And I don't believe those words just came out of my mouth. the stupid thing on your arm (laughs) where you slot the card and and believe in the heart of the cards and all that stuff. No, but the that, oh, wow. I mean, that... Yeah, I want I want this even more now. Yeah. <laughs> like this could be big, you know, a game changer for tabletop gaming. Absolutely. No. Microsoft keep going the way you're going. Satya Nadella, thank you for being the new CEO. We love you. More, more and more like this. Now, true, you snuck onto the call because we said something that ignited your passion. What do you have? Well, Holens is something I'm very looking forward to. But one thing that they finally conf- they finally got confirmed that was a downer for me on Holens is it's not a peripheral. It's a laptop on your head. It has its own processor, own RAM, own hard drive, which means you're on a three year up you're on a two to three year upgrade cycle, and it's probably going to be absolutely horrible for gaming. I don't e- I don't even see them attempting to go for gaming with this thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing in any presentation they've ever done said anything about gaming other than their Things like real-time strategy that don't require fast refresh rates, because they, they now that they own um, Minecraft, they obviously are demoing it with that in mind. But I don't. I never saw this as a first-person shooter, you know, fast-paced gaming peripheral at all. Right, but if it was a more of a peripheral where it's basically a virtual monitor, you could hook it up to your game rig and give yourself a virtual 40-inch monitor for your favorite game. And see, that's that's I what they're going for with, with Project Morpheus and Oculus, I think, is what is right. what they're shooting mm-hmm. for. Yeah, that's more for your actual game. This would be more, right. I mean, maybe you could get an overlay while you're playing that on, you know, around your TV now they can extend your stat bars or whatever. Or controls. To provide you with more information uh, than you normally would have, but I I think the functions for this are right now more outside of gaming, uh, at least traditional video games. See, once once I stopped looking at this as a VR peripheral, right? That distinction of it being a whole computer in the headset didn't bother me as much. With something like an Oculus, I would expect I'm going to buy this once and I'm going to use it through several cycles of the computer powering it. With this, I, it, it wasn't a big mental leap for me to say, yeah, this, this is a, a self-contained thing. And we're going to iterate through it pretty rapidly um, during the early years of its existence, assuming it's successful. Sure. Um, exactly. And there'll be early adopters who will be pissed off that, oh, great, I'm a year and a half in and they already want me to buy a new one, which is totally going to happen. Witness the the rollout of the t- of the tablet. I mean, there was very right. rapid fire for the first several years. There was, hey, iPad, iPad two, Nexus seven, well, Nexus ten. Not not only rapid fire, but rapidly firing leaps of, yes. uh, above what the previous version could do. But in the last uh, two years, what have you down. seen? Same same amount of of release schedule, but nowhere near the the feature difference. Right? I, yeah, I don't. Uh, like I, for example, the only reason I would want to upgrade my Surface is because uh, my one of my ports doesn't work because I dropped it. Oh, oops! But other than that, <laughs> I wouldn't blame that on the dev cycle so much. Right? Uh, you yeah. failed. You, no, I mean, you failed your save. Surface is still young enough that it, it is making decent leaps between each version. It's only three three versions in, but iPad is on 
I think six now or seven. Seven. So yeah. I, yeah, I think you're, you know, you definitely have slowed down. I mean, obviously each version's a little bit faster, uh, possibly a little bit thinner or lighter, but it's not like iPad one to two was like, oh my god, huge. Chip. This is a whole different device. But I'm still, I'm still on a two, and I'm totally viable. Right. It's, it's getting a little, a little laggy, but yeah. The first, I mean, the, definitely the first iteration was a massive improvement, massive change. Thinner, lighter, longer battery life, faster processor, better Keep camera, up. better in every way. Oh yeah, when I get it, when I when it's time for me to get a new laptop, it's basically Surface or a Surface-like device. I mean, I'm looking really. I want to go to the Microsoft Store and look at the Surface Three, not the Surface Pro through this this new low-end one they've made. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Like yeah, I've checked yes. it out. I have, a, I have a Microsoft Store out where I am, and it is nice. So it, is it is the performance acceptable? I would say it's it's basically it's a five hundred dollar laptop. I mean, it's okay. not I, it's not an Alienware machine. But if you're doing office, if you're doing web apps and office apps and stuff like that, it's fine. So the, because uh, I'm looking to replace the iPad two. And I was very intrigued by the the Surface Three being price competitive with the iPad, but offering you know we will give you a full copy of Windows Eight and soon it will become ten. Um, that lets you do all the tablet stuff, but also run full on Windows apps. And I'm just curious if the if the horsepower is up to the challenge. If I hadn't bought a Nexus Nine six months ago, I would be buying it. Yes. Okay. But so even that, the pro, the low end pro is not super expensive. Either. No, but it's just a matter of nine hundred. Yeah, yeah you, it's, you, like it's, it's right now, about a four or five hundred dollar price difference. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, it's basically the difference between buying a tablet or buying an ultrabook. Sure, exactly. sure. And I don't quite need an ultrabook. I've got my doghouse systems laptop for what I need yeah. full power in the field. So this is truly a tablet replacement for me, and I'm just curious as to whether I can have a little, the best of both worlds with the Surface 3. So I'm, I'm going to try to get out and look at that. But yeah, the the HoloLens being a, you know an equivalent product where it's not a display, it's actually a full computer system like a laptop, and, and it's going to have all the the pain and suffering of hey, there's a new version that you just must have every 18 months. If the things I can do with it are cool and compelling enough, that won't bother me. Right. That's, and that's the next trick is to show, while there's a lot of things I could think of, which is, you know, in stark contrast to things like the Apple iWatch, yeah. which I looked at and went, I have hmm. no idea what I would use that for. This one, at least, I can go, okay, I could think of some things they could do with it that would make me really interested in it. Now, the next step is for Microsoft and uh, the folks they partner with to come out with those apps. Exactly. Yes. But the foundation is interesting. It's very The cool. foundation looks solid. Very and yeah. with Microsoft's new attitude of acceptance, uh, I think they may be treating developers perhaps a little bit better and more openly than they have in the past. So the content, I'm curious to see what somebody creative coming to the table with comes up with, with what cool thing can I do with this. The other uh, thing will be cost, and is that there are going to be multiple versions of it at different uh, alpha parts. They always say it's going to be more than an Xbox. One is the only thing they've told us about price. Mm -hmm. But are they going to have a 4 gigabyte RAM version and an 8 gigabyte RAM version, or are they going to have just the bo the one box? I 
you can pretty much assume this thing ain't going to be upgradable. This thing's going to be so tightly packed. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the same thing as the iPad. You, you can't upgrade the iPad because they had to smoosh it down so tight. The other big question is... I think right now they've been saying right around 500 is what their first version is going to be. Now, yeah, will there be multiple versions within that initial release? They haven't announced that yet. Also, will they license the hardware? Will they allow third-party companies to make their version of it? We'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. That could that's be, definitely I mean, I w- possible. I'd be curious to see what a company like HTC could come and do with something like that. Like, here's our right, super right. sexy version for the high-end people. So the, the Alienware equivalent of... The HoloLens. So the, yeah, the, and I mean, I, I just got a notice, you know, sort of related from uh, my GameStop uh, the other day, like their, their mailer, that they are just about to start carrying their first versions of the Steam boxes. Yeah. Which, you know, is basically a model that Microsoft could look to with this as well and say, look, we're going to put out our own, but we'll release design specs for other companies to, to also and make And you look version. at the huge variations in the steam boxes from very very basic this will get the job done oh, yeah. you can play stuff to this rivals my main pc gaming rig sure um and speaking of the pc master race one of our yeah. other uh links that was submitted uh from polygon.com pc gaming not just gaming in general but pc gaming specifically will be getting its own pref- press conference at this year's e3 um, they have PC gaming is in a golden age with more powerful and affordable hardware than ever before. Thousands of games available through Steam, Origin, and other platforms. Oh God, they said the O word, and millions of viewers regularly watching esports online. Now, for the first time, the PC platform will have its own event during E3, where the community will be able to celebrate this era with some of the biggest names in PC gaming and see the innovations that lie ahead. Um, so take that and one. Go ahead. And watch Valve and EA everyone fight to see who gets to actually give off the key, who actually gets to give the speeches. And yes. Do their uh, marketing message. But I see this, and I think the number of times in the last several years I've seen the PC gaming is dead articles and kind of laughed uh, deep inside myself saying, no, no, no. <laughs> Just because there are more consoles does not mean that PC gaming is in any way dead or dying. Um, people who want a superior experience and the ability to install, hmm, what were we talking about earlier? Mods? Um, the PC gaming will always exist. You can make yeah. the argument that PC gaming has suffered from the ascendance of consoles because in some areas things have reversed where the console game gets developed and then gets ported to the PC and they are inarguably inferior ports than things that were developed first for PC. But this means dying or dead or going away in any way. Well, no, I mean, I think the, uh, the, the significance of this announcement is you think for years and years and years from E3, there was always the Sony press conference, mm-hmm. the Microsoft press conference, Nintendo. Nintendo press conference. Those were the big three that year after year we hear what, what they're doing. PC, the problem with PC is there is no one company that There's owns everybody. it. Right. So I'm curious to see how they're going to structure this PC uh, 
um, talk that they're going to get, or this press conference, is who's going to be speaking for PC? Right. <laughs> it, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Right, right. Exactly. So, I mean, it seems like they're, they're going to have key developers. I mean, Cliffy B will be there, which <laughs> if, if anybody's a uh, face of computing, that might be one of them. But, I mean, they're going to have to mix in a lot of people. They mentioned Square Enix. They mentioned Blizzard. Um, you know, I think, I think there's so many varied interests in PC that it'll be curious to see how this is structured and how it goes. Maybe each year we just get kind of a smattering across the PC industry to kind of talk about, uh, I guess, PC gaming. The, the the other big difference is that like Sony comes out and says, "Here's what we got planned for the next year. Here's our you know some of them maybe exclusive releases, some of them maybe cross-platform releases, but here's kind of our lineup." Is PC is this press conference going to follow that same format where they come out and say, "Here's what's coming to the PC this year"? Yeah, um, so you know they, we'll have to wait and see. But it's it it gives them. I mean, it's an important part of gaming. And you know, for myself, I go through phases where I'm really into whatever I have on the Xbox, and then I go through phases where I'm really into whatever I have on PC. Right now, I'm in definitely a PC phase. Yeah. Uh, because Marvel Heroes is kind of owning my soul at the moment, so. Yes, it is. Yes. But it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good step forward. And if they can make it work and keep it uh, enough parts of the industry show up on the stage and, and get people excited about PC gaming, not only is PC gaming not dead, but I think it'll be, it'll not only hit, it'll continue its golden age even more. It'll get more exposure. We shall it'll be very interesting to see what what format they decide to go with and who the players are. Um, right, it's it's good that it's getting attention as its own distinct, important thing. Um, shifting back to entertainment, uh, the Kotaku article that got linked in the subreddit: uh, New Avengers team teases big changes in the Marvel Universe's future. Now, they should have said Marvel Cinematic Universe's future. Um, which interestingly, this article relies very heavily on images and bits from the comics, uh, to try and predict where they think Marvel is headed with the cinematic universe. Well, no, no, this is definitely, this is for the comic universe because Marvel's about to hit their secret war storyline. They're, they're big universal reset. They're, yeah, they're planning to kill off 30 some comics basically. Um, so they have a list that's on up on Polygon that basically says by the time Secret Wars wraps up, the Marvel Universe and the Ultimate Universe will be reset and free and of, combined and combined and combined. So you're going to see a lot of different comic titles that are going to go away, obviously to be recasted. Now this may also be where things like Fantastic Four go really far away, mm-hmm. <laughs> as in they're going to be dead for a while. Yep. Uh, so this is basically a, a comic book that was put out on Free Comic Book Day that is already teasing what possibly the new Avengers lineup is going to look like post uh, Secret Wars, right. where you have an Iron Man that obviously isn't Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Falcon, you know, Eric Morales as still a Spider-Man, or Miles Morales. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, looks like I don't know if that's Nova. Yeah, that's Is Nova. The, that, that's that's the teenage version, the current iteration of Nova. Right, and then you have, of course, female Thor, um, 
a uh, the the current iteration uh, was it Sam Watson is Captain America mm-hmm. and uh, some girl running who I have no idea who she is. That's um, <laughs> Marvel. That's Captain Marvel. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. That's no. Ms. Marvel. That's Ms. Marvel. Whoa. Yep. Oh, Captain Marvel okay. is another woman. Yeah, it should be Ms. Mar- this is Ms. Marvel, and Captain Marvel is still Carol Danvers. Right, or, right. Or, yeah. or may or may not be at the outcome of Secret Wars, but in, sure, that's sure. Ms. Marvel. That's their, that's their um, foray into Islamic culture, because she is uh, an Islamic woman. That's right. That's right. Okay. And then Vision is there as well. Yeah, and apparently from the article, I guess it's a, a toned-down version of Fission, where he's not quite as uh, OP godly as yeah as he was, or uh, you know his current iteration. So it's interesting. I mean, I think you know Marvel could have easily reshaped their comics to be very much in line with the uh, MCU. Yeah, because that's limiting the though. That that folks would be, you know, watch the movies, maybe they'll come out and buy the comic books, but instead they're taking it a vastly different direction. Um, they've left all the history there. The MCU can develop as much along kind of the older path mm-hmm. that they want, but obviously, you know, there may come a time where they go, well, you know, a lot of these actors don't want to do these roles anymore. Let's shake exactly. it up and keep the, the characters going. And here's many different ways we can introduce new folks in and and take uh, the tales in the C- MCU uh, forward by basically borrowing with the 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 wild changes that they're doing within the comic books. And I think the comic books need some cleaning up. I mean, just the, the crossovers alone, you'd have to buy like twenty seven comics now just to figure out what's happening well, in the universe. That so used think- to be their sales tactic. They would try to force yeah. you to buy these titles, and it got old. It got really old. Yes. Really, really old, old. especially oh, when it was when titles you, hated. Yeah, or when it was titles your local store didn't carry. It's like, okay, I've got a massive gaping plot hole in the middle of the story because my comic book shop sold out of Green Lantern or the or Green Lantern Corpse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now the, yeah. the this is the it's been demonstrated that movie performance does not significantly affect comic sales. Right. So I think it's smarter than to say that. No, we're not going to tie these things together because one is not like the other. We can't rope people into buying comics by giving them a good movie. We can, however, get comic lovers to go see the movie versions of their beloved characters. That direction works. But it doesn't mean we have to change the source material in any way. And Dax, you said they need cleaning up. That's exactly what Secret Wars and... um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. What's the what's the current convergence? It, convergence thank you. Is, is there is DC's Which, latest iteration of it? Right, um, and really, I mean, the New Fifty Two was their cleanup effort before that, right. as Well, so. So this is not the first time this has happened. Oh, true. Um, because they, they, mean, the they, fact that it keeps having to happen because they keep making the same mistakes. Yeah, and it's not necessarily mistakes. People just arrive with really freaking good story ideas. And instead of giving them an original title, they take an existing title and take it an exciting new direction. Um, And sometimes you get things like Superior Spider-Man, which are holy crap awesome. Exactly. But also massively affect the core character of the title. Sure. As in, he's dead. But you, you also hit on times where things get really popular. I mean... 
two of the Absolutely. titles they're mentioning is Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Star Lord has his own standalone mm-hmm. title. I'm guessing those were not in heavy circulation <laughs> until they released the movie. Nope. Pretty sure. So you get these where they kind of hit on a uh, character, and suddenly it's like, wow, people are really interested in this. We need to give them their own book, and they'll do their own adventures, mm-hmm. and we'll have, and that happens a few times, and suddenly you're like, oh, we have a continuity nightmare at the exactly. moment. Yep. But they're, they're I mean, getting... Rocket Raccoon had his own night, his own book, apparently. Oh, they did. From early days, the, the early iterations, um, he had standalone titles for two or three different versions of the character back in the 70s. Yeah. Um, so... But the, they're getting better at the tie-in. So Guardians of the Galaxies happened, and just in time, there was a tie-in between the Guardians and all-new X-Men. Right. Which had to have been deliberately timed, but the bonus was it was a really fun story, well drawn and well written. So they mm-hmm. didn't squander that opportunity; they parlayed it. They parlayed it, and previously they would squander such opportunities where they would just make a comic book adaptation of the movie. Right. What the hell do I need that for? I've got the movie. Why do I need an inferior version of the story? When I can yeah. go watch the DVD. That's a squandered opportunity. <laughs> Getting my interest to buy the compiled crossover between all new X-Men and see the, the budding possible romance between Kitty Pride and Star-Lord, which was hilarious and had all the pelvic sorcery that they've referred to in the movie, um, was awesome and great and fun. So it was, it was just the right amount of leveraging the good graces they'd gotten from the movie and throwing it into an X title, and it totally worked for me. Yeah. So I hope they do more like that. They have this opportunity with the massive reset that is going to be and is now upon us uh, in Secret Wars. I have, I have a problem with them calling it Secret Wars. Yeah. Because part of my brain knows that the origin of Secret Wars was a marketing meeting. <laughs> because if you read the history of the original Secret Wars, right, the name came first. The marketing department said, "Yeah, uh, focus groups tell us that the the name Secret Wars uh, was a really uh, a well received and, and made people interested. Go make something around that name." <laughs> I'm not making this up. That sucks. The so the original Secret Wars crossover was all about selling toys and selling comics that they were all tied into they didn't weird they didn't kind of weird reverse order because you could you saw the results of the secret wars events before they were finished telling the secret wars miniseries because mm-hmm. they basically, I remember seeing the the Iron Man where Tony, where Rhodey returns in the armor with all the technical technological changes to it, and it was like issue two of Secret Wars had been released, and they're already moving on, moving forward in the Iron Man storytelling as if Secret Wars had concluded, and referring back to Oops. events that I haven't read about yet. Right, right. Um, instead of the approach they took with Age of Apocalypse, where they basically said. Okay, here's the day where everything turns to crystal, and for the next year, all these titles are going to be set in this other universe, and then they'll all rejoin the main continuity later. I like that storytelling technique much better. Oh, yeah. Um, We'll see, and and they're doing something very similar to that with Secret Wars. Uh, Basically, all all the titles are ceasing production, 
and everything's going to be told through the the Secret Wars Battle World titles, and then we will resume with the remaining titles in the new reset, basically Marvel's version of the new Fifty Two. Yeah, hope they do it well. Um, I'm kind of I'm pissed off. I did not make it out for Free Comic Book Day yesterday, so I did did not get my. Uh, they had their what their issue zero of Secret Wars or the they had that t- a title for it was the the setup for oh. Secret Wars was one of the titles you could get this year. Um, but yeah, I was I, yeah, had, I didn't make it out either. Yeah, for that I'm a bad fan. Yeah, um, I'm 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 a good fan. I'm just, I just I I just don't buy comic books anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think is the problem. I'm I'm I've gotten back into them in the I will buy the trade collections yeah those, so if i'm gonna read a comic that's usually the way i, I end it's up just I, i've i've been wounded by the binge watching experience of netflix yeah so i don't want to wait for each issue and the comics industry is is accommodating me they're, they're, they're much better about collecting and putting out reasonably priced um bound editions of several issues so my all new x-men experience has been through nothing but collected editions um okay and i love it because i can sit down and read four issues in a stretch in one bound edition and to see the whole story unfold um and it's they used to price those things ridiculously high and they've kind of pulled back from it's like this is what it would have cost me basically to buy the four issues with a little bit of extra money because it's got you know superior materials in the cover Sure, I'm totally willing to pay a buck twenty-five extra for something that's going to last longer. Right, right, um, and takes up less space. Yeah, and you don't have to deal. Yeah, and I don't have to wait because nice. I'm I'm old and impatient. Um, but I, st- right. I still, I've been enjoying uh, rediscovering comic reading. Um, that's cool. To the point where I'm just about ready to do, to do Marvel Unlimited on the tablet. Yeah, and see, that's where if if I was to yes. rejoin comic book collecting, it would be digitally absolutely rejoined. Well, the offerings we are now finally the actual comic books, and who and we don't need them anymore. We have these yeah. high resolution reading devices with beautiful screens. Yeah. So, exactly. so I'm, I'm, I might look into that, or at least see about getting the Secret Wars, so I can at least know what the heck's going on as the new universe. Unfolds. Unfolds. Yeah. No, I'm I'm millimeters away from subscribing to Marvel Unlimited because the, right. the, the, their current offering is completely reasonably priced, and you get a. What I love about it is you get a crap ton of back catalog. Oh, that's nice. So I can go back and discover these things that I skimmed over or missed entirely, and read entire past story arcs. Yeah. In addition to getting new stuff as it arrives, which is, they're going to get my money. So it is only a matter of time at this point. I just need to talk myself into it. I think when we're done with the show today, I'm going to go subscribe. Because <laughs> I think I you think are, I just talked myself into it. <laughs> you are the living epitome of the fry meme. Thank you. Shut up and take. Shut my Shut up money. and take my money. <laughs> exactly. But that's what I've. I mean, these are the promises yeah. I have made to the entertainment industry, and I know you're all listening. You gave us HBO Now. We subscribed day one to HBO Now because it was exactly what we had been asking for. It was reasonably priced. It had all the back catalog and all the new stuff and no requirement to sign back up for cable TV, 
winner, you get my $15 a month. Yeah. Why would I not? And because my other option would be to go to Cox Communications, get basic cable for $49.95 a month, and then pay an additional $16 a month for the HBO package. Right. So $65 a month or $15 a month to get to the content that I want. Hmm. Let me carry the twos. Yeah, I like HBO now way better. Um. So the main keep- problem is, uh, I've said this before, is like if we if we do this too much and they start dividing the content up against too many services, it's going to get prohibitive. I mean, I'm paying for Netflix, I'm paying for Crunchyroll, I'm paying for Amazon, whatever, and it starts after, at a certain point, it just starts getting silly because oh, I need Hulu for these shows, and I need Netflix for these shows, and I need HBO now for these shows, and suddenly I'm you've got a three hundred dollar a month with the fifteen dollar charges. So. That is a it is an absolute danger, but I, I have not seen it trending that direction because with Netflix, Hulu Plus, and HBO Now, I don't know what more I need. Crunchyroll, I'm assuming, gets you your anime fix. Anime, yes. yep. It's anime. And God help me uh, if I ever get back into that because that used that. Yeah, anime I, and manga. You, I'm actively avoiding a, that. A child that gets their own job and then they subscribe to it and then you say, give me your password yeah, because I bought you in this world. Winner. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I have access to Crunchyroll. <laughs> um, Thankfully, the- no, I mean, for me, the, the interesting thing about cutting, <laughs> cutting the cord and going to this is that I find, you know, there's certain things that before I really felt like I needed to keep up on that uh-huh. where now I'm cool to wait a year and when it shows up on Netflix, yes. I'll binge watch it and I'll go and I don't. There's only a few things that I really want to keep up with real time um, that like, you know, like this, uh, this last season of Walking Dead, I have not watched mm-hmm. and I'm OK with waiting for it to just show up on Netflix. And I'll I went through the that. same kind of weird withdrawal and then transition a year and a half ago when I initially cut the cord. Yeah. And now I find myself because there's such a wealth of stuff to choose from. I'm never hurting for something for yeah. to watch. Yes, yeah. I, I'm kind of peripherally aware that yes, you know, Star Wars Rebels is going forward, and I'm very interested in seeing it and the stories that they're telling. But I also know it's going to show up in, on Netflix at some point. Right. And, and actually, though, funny enough, for that one, they I think they're making it free to stream for May the Fourth. Awesome! I will so I will consume that. I think you can get it there. Tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. Star Wars, season one of Star Wars Rebels is free to stream until May the 4th. So oh, it's already there. You have until tomorrow to watch it. And apparently it is online. Uh, I'm trying to see if it tells me where you can stream it. At. I'm guessing it's on the website. Streamline. Oh, that's my evening. Yeah, there you go. Well, hell, how did so I, how did I miss that? So thank you for including me into that. Yeah, um, no, no worries. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it was something I saw. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch that. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind at least checking it out and kind of getting, like I said, like if you have watched Age of Ultron and like you're really into like superhero playing, like download the free-to-play Marvel Heroes. It's ridiculously good. No, I have a friend who does a freaking... Um, podcast about marvel heroes yeah i mean I from the helicarrier maybe a year and a half ago and it was complete crap mm-hmm. and now i'm playing it and it's like 
it is what Diablo 2, you know, basically they have taken all they learned from making that game and made a modern version that has just a huge wealth of content and really reasonable freemium model, which does, you know, you can get, if you're patient, you can get anything you want pretty much in the game except bank space, yeah. which is where <laughs> you spend your money. Yep. Because, my God. <laughs> my God. Why? Why? So Why? many items. <laughs> so little time. All right. So we are uh, circling the drain of the end of this one here. Yay. So we, have, of course, have to invite uh, the Barry Von Awesome to chastise us for whatever we've screwed up. Uh, but he only has a couple of minutes to do it. And it would uh-huh. help if he answered the damn call. There he is. You, you thought we'd forgotten you, hadn't, didn't you? Well, you know, I heard the Happy Trail song ending, and I thought the show was already over. Oh, God, did I let it roll through to that? Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoopsie! Four minutes ago. Gnome language. <laughs> you kiss your mama with that mouth? <laughs> Uh, whoopsie, yes, I guess I ran over time there slightly, but, uh, so you got a couple minutes here, Barry, what did we do wrong? Oh, God, well, I, you got me also when I was completely distracted, I was like, wait, I can stream Star Wars Rebels online? <laughs> yes, you and me online. both. <laughs> I already like, have enough. Where can I watch it's this apparently online? the best part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, everything was pretty well on point today, I had nothing really to argue with. I also saw, uh, the Avengers yesterday, and I still feel like i just got hit in the brain with like a hammer like what ha- what just happened to me yeah that was insane a lot of lot of stuff I, going on in that movie i feel like Absolutely. i need to go back and watch it again with like some notes and, maybe like, maybe some peyote to make it go slower <laughs> yeah i don't know that was just that was an assault yeah it was really good much information yeah. was imparted We'll need some multiple watchings. Plus, I heard there was a scene with Loki that got cut, so hopefully yes. that'll make it to the... No, the Blu-ray has already been an, uh, outlined that we'll have a three-hour cut of the film, and there'll be an alternate ending. Uh, uh, that's like 20... Oh, uh, that's another public service announcement. There is no end-of-credit scene. There's only a mid-credit. mid-credit. A very fun mid-credit scene, but only, only a mid-credit scene. Yeah, we had cheering in the theater during the mid-credits. It's yes. so cool that we've educated the masses about who the big purple guy is. Yeah. And why know, he's significant. Right? Whether yeah, he actually gets well, cheers uh, now. Because you remember when he, we first saw him at the end, uh, what was it, the original Avengers? Yeah. Um, no. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To, court them, to court death. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, so who's the big blue guy? Right. And now we've had the um, Guardians of the Galaxy bit where we fleshed them out a bit. And now people actually have a reason to say, oh, shit just got real. Okay. Yeah. I'll admit, when I first saw that scene, I thought I was a scroll. Well, <laughs> he, I mean, you color him green, and he is a scroll, basically. Yeah, if it wasn't for the line of courting death, it would have been like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's good. I mean, no. So I think, uh, I think that's yeah. You know, like you said, it's it's good now that many many people now are much more aware. I have friends at work that tell like, yeah, my kids started reading the comics because of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I guess they they broke that trend. But they basically have informed them all about Guardians of the Galaxy and all about Thanos. Mm-hmm. So he's <laughs> well, like, I I know what's up now. I'm like, the, okay, the degree <laughs> to which the 
unbelievably awesome nerds are paying attention to these things. I've already read not one, not two, but three different articles that point out, well, yeah, but that was a left-handed gauntlet, and the one we saw in, in Odin's uh, treasure vault was the right-handed one. Because <gasps> oh. uh, you're wondering, how did notice that? Somebody nice. did. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, that makes sense because how else did he get the gauntlet if it's sitting in Odin's vault? Anyways? Exactly. Unless, well, you consider who's sitting on on Odin's throne right now? No, not you know, not Odin. Would have been a very easy one to explain, <laughs> but they, you know they still needed to show that scene or something. About yeah, that would have been an important scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll like, see. Oh, by the way, thanks for giving me that uh, infinity gem here. Have a have a glove. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, so. We'll, we'll, we'll give another, you know, the Gilligan period before we talk spoilery about it, but yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff in that film. Yeah. Go see it. It is, it is just go to the bathroom beforehand, Right. bring your popcorn, and buckle up, because they get right to it. There is, there is no warm-up, there is no stretching your muscles before the workout, it is, and Go. Uh, and so now we have what, uh, like two weeks, and the Mad Max movie comes out. The yeah, Fury Road. You That's can watch. Awesome. They released like a ten-minute bit of that online. That was took me from being completely dismissive of the film to being very interested in it, um, because it's like watching um, Road Warrior all over again, mm-hmm. which makes sense because it's the original creative team coming back. Um. But they, they had lost so much of my goodwill with Beyond Thunderdome that I never... This, this I'm having the same experience with this that I'm having with watching trailers for Terminator Genesis. Against my will, I am becoming interested in this property. When I first heard they were doing a new Mad Max, I'm like, yeah, whatever. When I saw the trailer, I'm like, huh, Tom Hardy, how interesting. And then they released this 10-minute slice on the web. I'm like, oh, crap, now I have to go see this movie. <laughs> Because <laughs> it made me feel like I was 13 years old and watching Mad Max or watching a uh, Road Warrior. Road Warrior, yeah. It was it was all it, they hit all the notes. This was very carefully the, the the selection they they chose to put in put out to the web was very carefully chosen and it totally oh, yeah. worked on me. All right. Yeah, that Mad Max guy is kind of like Jack Bauer. He has like a series of really bad days. You think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've ever gone back and actually watched the movie Mad Max, you know, that's a really bad day. Um, yeah. yeah. And that, that was the the weirdest movie to have transition into post-apocalypticness because that's not at all what Mad Max was. Mad Max was just creepy, weird Australian people being, you know, nihilists and, and anarchists. Well, it was, yeah. It was the beginning of the lawlessness that, that right. led to the dystopia where gas was very important right back yeah yeah but you wouldn't expect you wouldn't ex- best travel film outside of crocodile dundee so <laughs> not touching go. that all right let's wrap this let's steer this right. steer this boat into the bay here you have been listening to casually hardcore nerding out about all all the geeky goodness all around us on the TV and on the big screen. Uh, you can find us on the web at alphageekradio.com. Twitter, we are on there as Hardcore Casuals. The network is on there as Alpha Geek Radio. Check us out. We have uh, 
audio and video streaming going on all the time. All new shows uh, joining us. Just go to alphageekradio.com and click on the shows tab. The list just got longer this week by three, I believe, we've added. And two more in the application process. Bring them on. Uh, you can send emails to us. We are the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. Go to our subreddit and contribute ideas. It's alphageekradio.reddit.com. Go there and submit and or upvote and downvote what you find there to indicate what you want to hear us talk about on the show every week. If you like what we are doing here, uh, if you like the network, if you like the show, Consider becoming our patron. Go to patreon.com slash alpha geek. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And throw us, I don't know, 50 cents a month, a buck a month, whatever you feel the value you get out of the network is. We work on the value for value model. We give to you. If you feel like giving back, great. You can help help us keep doing what we're doing. We appreciate all the, uh, the support we get. Uh, I have been gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And I'm True. And I've been Barry Von Awesome. We have them so well trained. <laughs> it is so cool. And we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.